0: What's good boys and girls, welcome to the Two-Footed Podcast. It is Friday the 7th of May and we're brought to you by eplindex.com in association with our presenting sponsor Liberty Shield. Liberty Shield is a VPN provider that's a virtual privacy network, allows you to go online, change your location, access American Netflix, keep your data safe, libertyshield.com and use the code EPLVPN to get 20% off at checkout. We're also brought to you by Home of Hopcroft a giftware and homeware company located in Scotland, but shipping worldwide. Check out homeofhopcroft.co.uk. Right, folks, two games last night in the Europa League. Manchester United defeated 3-2 in Rome, but comfortably through to the Europa League final. 8-5 on aggregate. A good game of football. Roma, to their credit, probably deserved a couple more goals, but United are through. Um... Interesting to see Oli picking Bruno Fernandes when they're up by four goals. He really is Oli's safety blanket. He is terrified to put a team out without that man on the pitch. Um, In the other one, Arsenal nil, Villarreal nil. It must be said, Arsenal didn't really offer anything. They got exactly what they deserved, which was nothing. A very, very disappointing and flat performance from Arsenal. I thought Arteta's Team selection kind of handed the advantage to Villarreal. He wasn't aggressive enough and they paid the price for it. They really did. Uh, Villarreal then against Manchester United in Gdansk for the Europa League final. United will be favourites, but this is Unai Emery's competition. This is the one he likes to win. He's won it three times with Sevilla. He's been to a final with Arsenal. Now he's in another final. If it comes down to a tactical battle between the two managers, you have to fancy that Villarreal would come out on top because he is a substantially better manager than Oli Gunnar Solskjaer. Uh, That should be a good game, though. So that's one to look forward to. So that's the two European finals set. We have three, three English teams and one Spanish team represented. And I think they're both set up to be good games. Um... Seen a little bit of a debate, before we get into the weekend's games, I've seen a little bit of a debate this morning on social media. Question posed by one, Carl Matchett, do people enjoy the current setup where every game is available to be watched, so every game is on at different times, or do they want a reversion to the old way? Now, the old way was the 3pm blackout, loads of games at the same time, You couldn't watch every game if you wanted to. And yet people complained about it for years and some want it back, which is just the weirdest thing to me. It reminds me of the debate over the Super League. Maybe people just they're happy with something bad because they're afraid of something new. I think the current setup is better personally. Like people are saying, oh, there's too much football on. You don't have to watch it all. Like, there are other channels. You can choose to watch something else. But I think it's fairer the current way because fans of every club get the opportunity to watch all their team's games on Sky or BT. They're not forced to go and scramble for a stream when they're paying huge amounts of money for their Sky and BT subscriptions. If you're a Burnley fan or a Manchester United fan, all of your games are still on TV. You don't have to worry about it. Go back to the old way, and the big six will get all the prime slots. They'll get far more TV opportunities than others. Others really only get on when they're playing the big six in a good slot. So I think the current way is, Maybe it needs some tweaking, but I do think the current way is better. I love having games on a Friday. I love having games on a Monday. Having the games spread out across, yes, yeah, some of the time is the timings of the games is a little bit annoying. Nobody really wants to be watching a game at 8.15 on a Sunday. But it's a small price to pay for having every game so readily available people moaned for years about the old way, about the 3pm blackout. And now they want it brought back. It is such a strange thing. It really is such a strange thing. It's like turkeys voting for Christmas. It really is. Uh, We'll leave that. We'll move on. Games this weekend, 10 of them starting tonight. I am joined as always on a Friday by Mr. Guy Drinkle. How are you, sir?
1: Speaking of turkeys voting for Christmas, the election was yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) The... But yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I mean it's been a break from Liverpool, thank you, pro protester people. Um that'll come rushing back with a one one draw. Um But yeah, we'll get into this, shall we?
0: Yes, yes we should.
1: Uh I believe the first game is tonight. It is, it's Friday, it's on Sky this week. Uh, Leicester Newcastle. Um Newcastle safe now. Um, We'll probably get into that with the last two games, because two teams can get relegated this weekend. Um, And Leicester, they have... This is probably their most important game remaining in the season, because after this, their fixtures get a lot tougher, don't they? And with a win over Newcastle, maybe not secure top four, but it eases the pressure in the next few games.
0: Yeah, for sure. So, Leicester are five points clear of West Ham. West Ham are fifth, Leicester are third. So they do have a little bit of a cushion. Now, ideally, I would imagine they would want to keep it at five points as a minimum going into the last three games. So that this is a huge game for them. They, they really do need to win this one. Newcastle are 17th. A win for Newcastle will keep them safe. If they win, it would take a miracle for them to go down. Fulham would need to win all four of their games. And one of those games is against Newcastle. And Newcastle still have Sheffield United to play. So Newcastle know they get something here. They're pretty much securing their future in the Premier League. Leicester will have some pressure on them. Leicester aren't in particularly good form. Uh, Of the last five, they've won only two. They were disappointing against Southampton last weekend. So there is pressure on Leicester. And when we look at the injuries... They've obviously had some problems for most of the season. Right now, James Justin and Harvey Barnes are out for the season. Wes Morgan, probably done for the season. Probably done at the top level as well. For Newcastle, Lachelles is out. Shar is out. Fraser's out. Darlow is out. Elliott is out. And Hayden is out. So, they're missing quite a bit. That would have to point to an advantage for Newcastle. For for. Leicester, Newcastle again. Their form has been dreadful since October. Well, since December, really. Um, only four wins since December. But in recent times, over the last nine games, they've only lost two. They've had five draws, two wins, two uh, two defeats. They've become harder to beat. So I think we could see a fairly dull game. Newcastle been very, very stodgy. But I still think Leicester should have enough in attack with and in great form, with Vardy, with Madison, with Telemans. I'm going to go for a a 1-0 Leicester win.
1: Yeah, I think Brendan will want everything to avoid what happened last season. And Newcastle, as you say, one point away, and that depends on Pretty much full and win at all West Brom winning all their games, and that's probably not going to happen. So, yeah, I think Leicester have more to play for in this game. I think, and I agree. Um, moving on to Saturday, then first game as usual on BT Leeds v Spurs. Um, probably a bit more focus on Spurs this time round with Bale getting a hat trick last week. But I think the question is, was that Spurs being good and Bale looking rejuvenated, or was it just up against? one of the worst teams in Premier League history.
0: I, I think it was a mixture of both, to be honest. West uh, Sheffield United were dreadful. But Bale did genuinely play very, very well. Uh, Spurs, as a whole, played very, very well. Sun was particularly good as uh, alongside Bale. Spurs are still in the mix for Champions League. So they're five points behind Chelsea. Now, they've got a couple of difficult games coming up. But... This one, this one is probably the toughest game they've got left. I know they've got Leicester still to play, but Leeds away is a very tough fixture because of the physicality of Leeds, because of the tempo that Leeds push in games. They're just so difficult to play against. Leeds are unbeaten at home against the Big Six this year. They've played five of them. They obviously got draws recently against Liverpool and United. They beat. Man City Um, Leeds are just a very very Difficult team to play against You look at the injuries for this weekend Leeds have problems though No Calvin Phillips No Rafinha That's two massive Blows if they're both out Liam Cooper is back after suspension Adam Forshaw's out And Helder Costa has been ruled out For the rest of the season That's a bit of a blow because he'd been playing quite well in a kind of utility attacking role. For Spurs, they've had mixed luck with injuries, but at the moment, the only player they have out is Ben Davies. Now, it may be because Jurgen Klopp has put one Ben Davies into hiding. This Ben Davies has gone into hiding by himself for fear of what might happen if confusion reigns. Um, Spurs' form has been hit and miss, but they have won two in a row Under Ryan Mason, they seem a little bit more attack-minded than they did under Mourinho. That's just sort of a natural thing of not being managed by Mourinho anymore. Leeds were six unbeaten with three wins and three draws before the loss to Brighton. So they were in really good form. But like I say, no Rafinha, no Calvin Phillips. Those would be two hammer blows to them. That's their two best players, the most creative player in in Rafinha and their most important player in Phillips. I think that gives Spurs a chance, but Bielsa against Davies, I, I you have to lean Bielsa with a, with a heavy bias. So I'm going to say it'll be a draw. I think it'll be a fun game, though. I'll go
1: 2-2. Yeah, it be a really good test for uh, Ryan Mason as well, won't it? I think, I'm sure I was listening to a podcast. I think just as Ryan Mason was bored, Bielsa's managerial career would have just started, so... It's going to be uh, probably one for the history books, though, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, it is. it it. it is Ryan Mason is making
0: history right now because of how young he is. And it's incredible to see a manager that young in England, in the Premier League, getting an opportunity. Now, I don't think he's going to get the job permanently, uh, nor should he, but it is really good to see him get the chance. I know people were moaning that, You know, others were overlooked, but he has his pro license. Ledley King, to my knowledge, does not have his pro license yet. So that's why he would be picked over Ledley King. Uh, In terms of Chris Powell, Chris Powell had managerial opportunities and some of them didn't go very well. So I think it was just a fresh, fresh approach, Mm. a fresh set of eyes. I, I don't think there's anything really untoward about it. Like when you look at Chris Powell's managerial record, he did well at Charlton, he did dreadfully at Huddersfield, and he didn't do particularly well at South at Southend. Mm. So I think it just makes sense for him to be an assistant and and give Mason a chance because. If Mason proves to be a good manager, Spurs can keep him on the staff under the new manager, and maybe he's their long-term successor to whoever they bring in. Like, if they were to bring in, let's say they bring in Sarri, Mm -hmm. and they get three to four years out of Sarri, well, then Mason will be 34. He'll have had a little bit of a a taste of it
1: Mm -hmm.
0: right now and then he'll have worked under a really good manager for three or four years. So he could be ready at that point. So I think it made sense for Spurs to appoint him. At the time, I thought it was a bit of a weird one, but having given it some thoughts, having looked at the actual overall situation and spoken to a couple of people who follow Spurs quite closely, I think it does make sense. Um, Yeah, like you said, he was born in 91. Bielsa became manager of Newell's Old Boys in 1990. so. You know, uh, one of them has literally been doing it longer than the other's been alive. <laughs> and that, that's a uni- fairly unique situation. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I think this is going to be a good game of football. I really do.
1: Yeah, I want to watch. And uh, next game, do not watch. The <laughs> Sheffield United v Crystal Palace at 3 o'clock. I mean, Palace's end-of-season malaise is really real. Happens every season when the safe not... Too much inspiring. You know, what's their form? Three losses in a row. Of course it is. (laughs) Um, And a draw before that. But that was at Everton at home, so that doesn't count. But yeah, I mean, this one... Have Sheffield broken the loss record in a season?
0: No, not yet. Not yet. They are are zeroing in on it. Mm. Uh, 27 defeats so far. The record is 29... So they need three more defeats to break the record, two to tie. You're you're right about Palace. They tend to end seasons very, very badly. Like last season, in their last eight games, they lost seven and then drew 1-1 with Spurs on the final day of the season, which was mortifying for Spurs. But their run had been so poor. The year before, they actually did quite well. Um, Of their last eight games, they actually won five of them. But they'd been really poor for the early part of the season, so they kind of needed to catch up, so Hodgie could get his his forty three points. Um, I think, I think Palace should win this game. They're certainly the better team. You look at Sheffield United. No, um, no Ollie McBurney. No Jack O'Connell. No Billy Sharp. Ethan Ampadu is a doubt. Now, they do get Key and Brian back. But Jack O'Connell has been a huge loss for them all season. And they have struggled defensively all year long. 60 goals conceded. Part of that is the goalkeeper. But a big part of it is how poor the defense has been. Palace aren't big-time goal scorers. But Zaha is a problem for everybody. Now, he might miss out this weekend. He is a doubt. Um, James McArthur is out Wickham is out, Ferguson's out, Sackle's out And James Tompkins might be back But he is lacking fitness If if Zaha plays I think you have to fancy Him to have a good old time Against Sheffield United's backline you, you don't really see Sheffield United As much of a threat Like they're not They're not scaring anybody with their attack They've scored 18 goals all season That's atrocious Um It's especially atrocious when you've got 50 million worth of attackers in your squad. I'm going to say Palace have lost three in a row. Sheffield United have only lost one because they they beat Brighton the week before. I don't see Sheffield United avoiding defeat. I'm going to go 2-1 Palace. But if there was a blackout, this would be the game to blackout.
1: I'm amazed you've predicted three goals in that game. <laughs> oh, dear. Benteke is due. He is due a goal. He's not. He is. He's not. He's probably not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for Palace, I know he's on loan. I, mean, I don't want to focus on Crystal Palace, why would we? But surely, wouldn't you Wouldn't you be given... I think he's only on loan, but wouldn't you be given, like, Meteta a goal? Yes, Meteta go?
0: and Batshuayi should start yeah. up front with... Zaha, and Ezi wide. Yeah. They should be going with four attackers in this game. There's no reason not to. Like, do not be scared of Sheffield United. 18 goals all season. There's nothing to fear from from that team. You've got solid enough options in centre midfield with Milojovic Milivo- and Riedeveld who can provide a platform for that front four. You get Kline going from right back, Van Anhold going from left back. Go and attack them. Stop being Crystal Palace. Go and attack these lads. You you can run up the score against them. They're very, very beatable, as we've seen 27 times this season. I'll be really disappointed if Hodge, like If Hodgie doesn't play with four out-and-out attackers, I'm going to be really, really disappointed. Because even even if one of them is Ayu or Benteke, I know Benteke shouldn't be in the team because, well, you know, he's Benteke. But you have to go and try and win this game. Like, you're 13th, but you're 11 points clear of Fulham. So technically, you still need a point or or, you know, three points to be safe. So go and get them this weekend and take all the pressure off. And then you can go and have fun the next four weeks. They've got five games left. They can afford to go and have fun this week. They'll still pick up their point, even if things went badly wrong and they did lose. They'll still be fine. Mm. But just go and attack. Go and do something. Go up with a bang, Hodgie. Exactly. Like Hodgson is is likely leaving this summer. They they should be making him resign as manager, or, or, or you know, not renewing his contract, or whatever. I, I I said before, I think they should move him upstairs and keep him within the club. Mm-hmm. But from a playing point of view, it is time to move on from Hodgson. It, it really is. And it's time for Crystal Palace to be brave again. They, they tried it once and then they got scared. But it, you kind of just have to take a gamble. Like, look at their managers over the last... What are we looking at? We're, so not last...
1: doing it. We're not doing this again, are we? Neil Warnock,
0: <laughs> awful. Dougie Friedman, not particularly good. Uh, you had George Burley in there. George Burley was a decent manager for time. But, like, you know, Tony Pulis was there. Neil Warnock again. Pardew, Allardyce, Hodgson. They have completed dross football.
1: I mean, Steve Bruce it, it... could could go <laughs>
0: Steve Bruce is the only one missing and it wouldn't surprise you at all hmm. Steve Bruce managed them
1: oh of course Steve he did Bruce yeah.
0: managed them for 18 games back in 2001 uh, so he's already been there I would
1: say Moisey was on the missing but he's he's been too good this season to throw in there so <laughs> Oh
0: you couldn't you couldn't include do that, you no. couldn't include Moise right now um it is just like they've had some good managers, like Hughes. Steve Coppola I always liked Mark, Mark Hughes. Hughes. There Mark we go. Hughes would be the one. There
1: we go.
0: Yeah, Mark Hughes would be the one. You just have to hope that they don't. They don't go that route. They
1: will go down if they get Mark Hughes.
0: Yes, a hundred percent. A hundred percent, they'll go down. Mark Hughes, how he continues to get jobs is just beyond me. I really don't understand how he continues to get jobs. Like, look at his managerial record. He was. Poor with Wales, and somehow got the Blackburn job. He did all right there, to his credit. Uh, He goes to City, he does meh, he has a bit of money to spend. It's before Mansoor, it's with Shinawatra. Gets sacked. Gets the Fulham job, he's awful there. Gets the QPR job, awful there. Loses 20 of 34 games at a QPR. Somehow gets the Stoke job. Does okay for a couple of years, but then... Basically gets them relegated, leaves in the January, but they go down that year, and then somehow falls his way into into the Southampton job, wins five of twenty-seven games, and it created the mess that um,
1: keeps them up. Dave. keeps them up!
0: (laughs) Oh, keeps them up! All right, (laughs) just a fraud of a manager. Um, Should never get another job, but no doubt will. I just hope it's not with a Premier League team.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, hopefully not. Don't need to watch that. Um, next up, the big one of the weekend, we have the what we call this—the preview to the Champions League final, <laughs> Man mm. City v Chelsea. Um, I suppose the big question is how seriously will they take that? I mean, Chelsea obviously need the win for top four, but Man City—not the most physically demanding game midweek against PSG, I suppose—but they can rest and rotate with their squad, whereas Chelsea. I don't know. They seem to be finding something, um, finding obviously the back three system, but the finding up front as well. The finding the right players for it, aren't they?
0: Yeah, I mean Kai Havertz has been in really good form. We've seen Werner much improved. Pulisic, when he's been in the team, has looked really good. Ziyech is the only one not playing well at the moment of mm. that group.
1: Still got the winner um, in an FA Cup semi final. But
0: that's the things can, can can pop up with big big goals or big assists when you need them. City can can clinch the title this weekend. If City win, that's it. Title over, they they take it. So that could be some motivation uh, motivation for them. The fact that it is a dry run for the Champions League final, they'll want to you know stamp a bit of authority on Chelsea. I think that'll be a factor. And also remember, Chelsea ended their quadruple hopes. Mm. So I think that will play a factor as well. For Chelsea, like you said, they're still fighting for top four. Now at the moment, obviously, they are fourth. They're three points clear of West Ham. So they'll they'll need to keep pushing. They will need to keep pushing for top four. They do have a potential safety net where they could finish fifth and win the Champions League and get into the Champions League for next season, but they won't want to take any risks. I, I think City should be favourites in this game. Now, both are in a good position in terms of absentees. John Stones is suspended, but you have Laporte, who's better anyway. Um, and for Chelsea, it's Kovacic, and that's it. Everyone else is fit. I think City win this game, and I think they'll win it in convincing fashion. I'll go three-one City.
1: Interesting, interesting. But yeah, I think they may want to stamp their 40 They also might want to uh, hide the cards a wee bit before the Champions League. So did I pick a result in the Cup in the Palace game? Who cares? <laughs> uh, oh, I did. I said 2
0: 1 palace. Yeah, palace. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. Because uh, three goals. Still not, Still not happening. Yeah, I think that, that's obviously probably the game of the weekend. Unless I'm missing anything obvious. No. Um, next up Liverpool v Southampton in the injury derby. Um, Liverpool, well, bleh, who cares? Slim hopes of top four. Probably not going to happen. It's for, well, for me, I just, have, I just want over the Europa League and the panorama. but I know you think differently. And Southampton, I mean, they've nothing to play for really. I mean, they're safe, just about. Mm. But they've been awful for so long. Um, I think Danny Ings is injured. Vesting, did Vestigard's red card get overturned? Got it's rescinded, yes, yeah, so
0: he will be back. But like you said, Romeo is injured. Ings is injured. Minamino can't play. Oberfemi is injured. Bertrand is injured which means it's probably Jack Stevens at left-back against mm. Mo Salah. So there's a big opportunity for Liverpool. And Will Sm- uh, Will Smallbone out for the season. That's important players. That's You're le- your starting left-back, you're starting holding midfielder, and your main goal scorer out. For Liverpool, obviously Van Dijk, Gomez, Matip. Jordan Henderson remains out. There's no
1: sign of him coming back anytime soon. Klopp said he was running today in his presser. That's... Running? Yeah, so... Probably a doubt for the Euros, you probably say.
0: Yeah, I I don't see that he'd be back. I don't see him playing again this season. I really don't. Um, like the season ends in what two weeks, yeah. so I really don't see that Jordan Henderson is going to play again this season. He might be back for the final day of the season against Palace. Um, but I I like I don't see him back before that, and um. Who else is out? Kelleher's out. He's got a some sort of weird abdominal thing. And Divock Origi with an undisclosed muscle injury. Um, Liverpool are used to their injuries, though. They've they've, ha- they've had to get, get used to them. So I'm assuming we'll see Nat Phillips and Quebec at the back, which means Fabinho in midfield. Mm-hmm. That's promising. Liverpool are unbeaten in their last five, which is obviously the best run of form they've had in, in a bit of a while. Uh, The best run of form they've actually had with three wins and two draws from five games all season, would you believe?
1: That is Um, disgusting, considering them two draws are two of the worst performances results we've had this season. (laughs) We've lost 7-2 this season.
0: You could look at, say, from Wolves at home on the 6th of December until uh, the the game against West Brom where the season started to fall apart. Mm -hmm. That was three wins and two draws, it was just in a different kind of orientation. But yeah, Liverpool are not, not particularly good at the moment, but they should still have enough to beat Southampton without especially without Ings and without Romeo. Um I'll go Liverpool 2 1 but I think they'll go 2 up and then concede and then cling on you're, for are a victory you're a so, brave
1: you're a brave man predicting Liverpool. Goal, two what goals goal. look,
0: <laughs> at, the, at the end of the day they're still in the mix for champions league but they don't have a great chance they win the game in hand against united which may well be possible given how the fixtures run mm-hmm. united have four games in eight days um so that, that that does favor liverpool um if they win that they'll be four points behind chelsea I think Chelsea lose and Liverpool win this weekend. That would close the gap to one point. Well, four points plus the game in hand. So potentially one point. And Liverpool do have a very favourable last three games. Whereas Chelsea have to play Leicester. So one of them, one or one or both of them, is dropping points. Mm-hmm. So it's not likely, but it is still possible that Liverpool will get top four. But they have to win this weekend. There's no excuse. They have to win this weekend.
1: I think we have to win every game, really, don't we?
0: Basically. Yeah, Yeah, basically. Yeah. They can probably afford a draw in the United game. If they drew at United and won the rest, that would take them to 67 points. Mm. That might be enough. Depending on how Leicester do this weekend, that might be enough for top four.
1: Yeah, I was saying we could afford a draw before the Leeds game, and then we drew two games in a row. <laughs> so yeah, I'm still a bit doubtful. Um, but we'll take we'll take a quick break, and then we'll be back with the next five fixtures. Right, welcome
0: back. Hope you enjoyed those lovely ads. Maycast uh, joined by Guy Drinkle as always on a, on a Friday. So we have five games done, five games left. Let's rattle through these.
1: Um. Uh, next up Sunday afternoon uh, early afternoon we BBC get the best fixture of the weekend as usual, we have Wolf v Brighton in the 0 nil derby that's what I'm going with <laughs> <laughs> Um. yeah I mean Wolves have
0: been Wolves have been desperate this season there's just no other way to look at it 12th in the league massively disappointing with the squad they have, with the money they've spent now Jimenez's injury has obviously been a big factor but they should still have been much higher in the league. Brighton, 14th, again, massively disappointing. Lack of a goal scorer has been their issue. This weekend, Wolves will be without Matinho, uh, Castro, Neto, Marcal, Bolly, and Jimenez, while Rayan Nuri is a doubt. Brighton don't have as many injury problems, but they do have some. Solimarch March and Lamptey are out for the rest of the season. and Andone has missed all season with an ACL tear. And of course, Adam Lalana is a doubt. Um, Graham Potter said there's an outside chance, but he may focus towards West Ham. Him being out is actually a boost for Brighton. They're much better when he's not in the team. So uh, I will go ahead and predict at Wolves, Wolves' home form has not been particularly good. They've won six, drawn four and lost seven. Brighton's away form. They've won five, drawn five, and lost seven. This disc is a draw, isn't it? This is draw written
1: all over it. Mm-hmm. We'll go 1-1. One, one. You're saying 0-0, nil, nil, but I'll go 1-1. One, one. It depends. Does Danny Welbeck score two weeks in a row? Considering the goal he scored last weekend as well. That's him for the season. <laughs> that's him that's, for the season. That's, a that's a the best game. goal that's, he's ever scored that's in his life. for five years. Huh? <laughs> um,
0: I, I, yeah. Yeah, I mean the only other goal scorer they really have is Mopey or Troussard Maybe ah, big, Lewis. One... big
1: Lewis, big Lewis dunker. It's been a while, uh,
0: but I mean, no, though. Like the movement of of Brighton up front, especially if if Wolves go with a back four. Oh yeah, that's a good point. Wolves move, Wolves defense will get torn apart by Brighton's movement up front.
1: Well, you'd think the both left backs are out, so that. Probably, well, Sice is needed both at left back and centre back.
0: Yeah, yeah. He mm-hmm. all three left backs: Otto, mm-hmm. Marcal, and Nuri are yeah. currently injured. Um,
1: so Sice left back, Cody centre back.
0: Ball well, uh, Kilman maybe comes in. Yeah, Kilman and, and Cody. Kilman's good. Cody's awful. Um, defensively, and then you've got Samedo at right back. I think Brighton's movement will cause them problem. I, I'm going to re- review. The, uh, the prediction, I'm going to go and say Brighton win
1: 2-1. I just do what I do. Just give two predictions if Wolves play back three or back four. If they play back four, they tend to lose. I don't think they have the centre-backs to play back three, though. Or back. Uh, well, that's true. You back. can't even put Den Donker back there because he'll be in midfield. Because you've got no Matinho. Yeah. And Neves hasn't exactly been good recently. No, Neves has been poor for a while mm. now. So that'd be interesting. I mean, you'd probably sound mental, saying in this last probably the last couple of years, but you'd feel a lot more optimistic about Brighton's hopes in terms of building for the future than Wolves, considering Wolves were looking to break into the Champions League in these next couple of years. But if you look at the two teams, I mean, Wolves' downward trend, I know it stemmed from an injury from Jimenez, but it wasn't going swimmingly whilst Jimenez was there at the start of the season, whereas Brighton, you think they're probably one player away from top half.
0: I think if they got a goal a good goal scorer they'd be a top half team and if they could upgrade at left wing back they'd be pushing top 8 you, like consider like they I'm not a big fan of the goalkeeper but he's he's alright mm. they've got three good center backs white duncan webster lampty's very good if they could get someone in it may be that this carbonic kid they brought in from poland is is a, a big talent but I still think if Ryan Cessnion's available for loan next season, go and bring him in. Him and Lamptey as wing-backs is ideal. You'll get... Hopefully they keep Basuma, and they have him and Motor in midfield. Then you go with McAllister behind Mope or Trasard, and a new striker. And that, to me, is, a, is a, a definitely a top-half team. The goalkeeper is the question mark. You look at Wolves, I, I like the goalkeeper. Rui Patricio, but he is aging.
1: Mm.
0: I I like Samedo. I like Aitnuri. I assume they're going to keep Aitnuri. I'd be surprised if they didn't. I don't like any of their centre-backs. They're going to lose Roman Sice on a free, all all looking likely. Uh, Bolly's not very good. Cody's really poor defensively. Kilman's decent, but I think he's a squad player. So you you really need to bring in two centre-backs. And then you go... Neto, one wing, and we don't know when he'll come back, how long he's going to be out with that Mm. knee injury. Adama, the other. Dendonker and Neves. I suppose Pedence behind Jimenez.
1: So they need two players as well. Do you know? I don't think they'll bin Cody. The whole point of having Cody, and he's their captain and everything, but they will... To play him and keep him, they'll have to play a back three, so it'll be a front three of Jimenez. In which
0: case, they still net. need two centre-backs.
1: Yeah, I know, absolutely. Just... So they still need two cent...
0: Regardless of whether you play 4-2-3-1 mm-hmm. with Pedence as a 10 or a back three with Cody in the middle of it, you still need to buy two centre-backs.
1: Mm-hmm. I just think forcing Pedence into the team, and th- this is if Neto was fit, which obviously isn't at the min, but <sighs> forcing a 10 in, I just don't think it works with a three at the back for them considering their strength is the, the width. It
0: doesn't at all. You can't play Pedence with a back three. It just will not work. He mm-hmm. does not work well in wide areas. He's much better central when the game runs through him. And they've got Vitania, who's also a 10. So, mm-hmm. it did seem like that's what they were trying to pivot to, but they just don't have the centre-backs to do it. They they do not have the centre-backs to play with a back four, because they're just not good enough. I mean, Sice is a midfielder who got converted. Then mm-hmm. Donker's a midfielder. bolly He'd be alright as a squad player. Kilman's a good squad player. He'd be a good third centre-back. But Cody, as a defender, is championship level all day long. And he's a midfielder who got converted. <laughs> and he's a midfielder who got converted. Like He was brought back to be a sweeper, to play out from the back. The guy can't defend. He is very, very poor defensively.
1: I think they'll be one of the more interesting teams to look at this summer. Especially
0: considering they're rumoured to be up for sale. If they're up for sale, the owners aren't going to want to spend a whole bunch of money.
1: Exactly, exactly. And there's a lot of turnover there, you'd say, as well, because they are aging in certain areas as well. (laughs) But, uh, anywho, we'll move on to the next game. Um, Villa v Man United. Literally nothing to play for in this game, is there? Not a damn thing?
0: Not really. Uh, United are comfortable. They're going to be a top-four team. They're nine points clear of West Ham, so... A win guarantees them Mm -hmm. top four, basically. Uh, They've got such a substantial goal difference advantage, plus 29 as opposed to West Ham's plus 11. So United will be top four. It's just a matter of, you know, do they finish Mm -hmm. second or third. Um, Their focus obviously now will be on the Europa League. uh, Villa, their 10th. I think that's about where they will have wanted to have been at the start of the season you know, having barely survived last year, it is just ab- about progression for them, and this has been a season of progression. Now, Trezeguet is out, Grealish is out, they're aiming to have him back for next weekend, which means he'll miss the midweek game as well. Um, their midweek game is Everton, so I think they're, they're, he's probably going to miss that one, and they look to have him back for Palace. Mm. Um And Morgan Sanson is a doubt, but hopefully he's back soon enough as well. For United, they've been quite lucky with injuries this season. Martial is out, Dan James is out, and Phil Jones has been out all season. But Martial and Pogba are the only Two of their best eleven that have missed kind of more than six or seven games, mm. so they've been very lucky in that regard.
1: And Cavani's probably been better than Martial. And that's the but, thing, yeah.
0: Cavani's been good this season, so you haven't you haven't missed him. Mm-hmm. They haven't missed Pogba when he didn't play because they're probably better without him, um, because you know he well, he's not he's, he's not played, always he's playing left wing. <laughs> he's been that's the thing. He plays left wing, but you're better off with Rashford there, and then you get Greenwood into the team. If he plays in centre midfield, they've still got really good other options like McTominay, Fred, Matic, who are more consistent performers in centre midfield. Not nearly as talented as him, Mm. but more consistent than him. So you don't really have too many concerns. And United's away form is great. United are the best away team in the league. Um, Whereas Villa's home form hasn't been brilliant. They've won six, drawn three, lost seven. Villa will give them problems with their pace in wide areas, but I still think United will overcome. I I think United win this game two one.
1: Yeah, I think the only talking point is how Man United approach the week because as as you mentioned uh, earlier, they have what is it four games in eight days or something like that. And the yeah, so they played last night. They played Bruno Pogba. I think Rashford was the only one who got a rest, wasn't it? And Lindelof, I think it was. But
0: Lindelof, uh, yeah. They played last night they play Sunday then they play Leicester on Tuesday and then Liverpool on Thursday then they get a then they get a break and they're back the Tuesday against Fulham and they finish out against Wolves I could see I could see Ollie resting players actually you know you're probably right I I could see him resting quite a few players for this one with Leicester and then Liverpool to come Maybe he goes with a weaker team here. Maybe that lets Villa in. I'm still going to say two one because I don't mm-hmm. know, and they do have a strong enough squad. But um, it, it should be a decent game of football. Both teams will, you know, United are, are just they play with less fear away from home under Ollie. They always have. Yeah. For whatever reason, even with no fans. Um, I think I think I'll go
1: United two one. Yeah, it'd be interesting. I think that the the doubts about who will play would probably make it more interesting, if anything. But we'll move on to. Probably second best game on paper, at least, in the uh, in the weekend. West Ham v Everton. Um, key for Everton is that they're away from Goodison Park. But West Ham, quite a lot riding on this game because they want to keep in the, the Champions League uh, race and also with Man- uh, Chelsea playing Man City, it's a possible opportunity for them. They'll obviously know the result at that time. But this, this would be an interesting one because West Ham, they need the win, really, but Everton... What's their aim? To get the vanorama? Probably. Basically,
0: Basically, yeah. Basically finishable
1: Liverpool, that's the
0: aim, isn't it? That is basically the aim, is to finishable Liverpool. Now, Everton have only won one of their last seven games. Uh, They beat Arsenal away from home. But their away form has been good this season. They've won 10 away from home this season. Drawn three and lost three. Their home form has been obnoxiously poor. West Ham's home form has been good. They've won nine, drawn three and lost. Oh, sorry, drawn four and lost four. But I feel like the lack of Declan Rice is really catching up with them. Mm. Mark Noble's also out. Ogbonna is out and Masuaku is out. So I feel like they're kind of at the moment they're weaker. In that defensive area than they should be. Everton getting players back, fit now. Decore is still out. Gabaman is out for the season. But it looks like James could be back.
1: Is Alan back?
0: Alan is back. Alan against Everybody. Lanzini in midfield. See, that that's where I start to think this is an opportunity for, for Everton. It is the Moyes derby so Moyes is going to be very motivated against his former team. This is obviously the best he's done in a job since leaving Everton. I think I think this one just reeks of a draw. I think it'll be a fun game but I think it reeks of a draw. It reeks of Antonio bullying the Everton defence. He's going to say neither Calvert- can defend. <laughs> yeah, and Calvert-Lewin bullying the West Ham defence. mm Uh, Lots of crosses. I think we're going to see lots and lots of crosses. Yeah, I'm going to go draw. I'll go 2-2. I think it'll be a fun game.
1: Antonio against Hulgate, considering that bloke can't judge the flight of a ball anymore for some reason. He's had a weird couple of weeks. A weird couple of weeks. It'll be fun. It'll be a good
0: game. It should be a good game.
1: No, bad games. (laughs) Arsenal, West Brom, Arsenal, I mean, we'll touch on them in a sec. West Brom, I think they need to win to stay up, don't they?
0: They need to win every game yeah. to stay up, basically.
1: Yeah.
0: But I mean,
1: um, to mathematically not be relegated this weekend, I think they need to win.
0: Yeah, they do. They do. They need to win. Otherwise, they will be, if they lose, and even if Newcastle lose, they'll be 10 points back with three games left. So they yeah. need to win because their goal difference is so bad. Theirs mm. is minus 34, Newcastle's minus 20. So they need to win this game. Now, if ever there was a team who might let them win, it's Arsenal. Um, <laughs> should we just, just talk
1: about the two managers? There's no point Not talking enough. about the actual game.
0: Neither of these managers, neither of these managers, should be in charge next season.
1: I was going to ask you about Big Sam because Arteta, I fully agree with, you. but Big Sam, it was awful at the start, but he has seemingly improved. Them he has once they found has the right people. Said...
0: It must be said they have been a lot better of late. They drew their last two, they lost to Leicester, that's fine. They beat Chelsea, they wall up Southampton. They have been since the middle of February, they've been respectable. They've lost three, won three, and drawn five. That's not a bad eleven game stretch when you're as bad as they were leading into
1: that. Um would would you keep him in the championship? Because I think... it. He's done it in
0: the championship before, obviously. He did it, it at, is his at home West Ham. team, isn't it? I'm not sure where Big Sam he's is from. He's from Dudley,
1: I think. I'm not sure of how close that is to West is he? I think he's from Dudley, isn't it? i sure I'll remember that. I'll Google well, it while you talk.
0: I have it here. Let's see. He's from Old Park Farm. Oh, he is from Dudley, yeah. Yeah, he is from Dudley. So it is...
1: I'm sure six kilometers
0: southeast yeah. of Wolverhampton. So yeah, it is. It's the Black Country. So it is. It is his hometown team. Um. Okay. Well, that's interesting.
1: Just depends. He you up with as well. He played oh. one game
0: for them. Uh, back in you know he was there from eighty nine to ninety one. Played one. <laughs> <laughs> build, build the statue, lads. Um he has done it in the championship before and he's done it with Bolton and he's done it with West Ham. Ham. So he's proven he can manage in the lower leagues, but I don't know. Like Sam's on big money. Mm. Sam is on real premier league manager money. So I don't know if West Brom would be willing to continue to pay him that kind of money in the championship. Now he is contracted for next season.
1: I think they both ha like both sides of the party have a breakaway clause where they can just cancel it, I think. I'm sure I heard yeah, that on with, TV. With no way.
0: um with no uh what you call it? No compo. compo fee. If they go down. If they stay up and, and West Brom decide to move off them, they have to still pay him. It it's it is a possibility that he stays. It just depends on whether he wants to, to manage or not. Because, because- Remember, he re- he left Everton saying he was basically retiring.
1: Mm.
0: He did the same thing when he was leaving Palace, saying he was retiring. So he's been at this for a few years now of kind of half retiring. Half retiring. He's 66. He'll be 67 later this year. So, you know, compared
1: to Hodgie, he's still a pup. Mm. If Maybe he was to retire, it would have been the England thing, surely. If you if you you finally get your dream job of England and then it goes up like the way it did, truly you'd retire then. If you were to retire.
0: If you were going to retire, surely, yeah, it would have been at that point. But also if you if you were anyone else other than like a handful of old British managers and you got the England job and it ended like it did, uh you it would never get another job again.
1: That's true. Ever.
0: And yet Sam has gotten three Premier League jobs <laughs> since then. So, if I don't know. It is a bit of a weird one. Um, look, if he stays, they're going to need to back him. If mm. if he stays, though, like Grady Diangana and Carlin and Grant need to get on to the yeah. agents and say, look, get us out of here. Because he, so, he won't play them. So for I mean, like, he doesn't even bring them off the bench.
1: Yeah, that's weird. I mean, if they keep Pereira, see if they can afford Yacuzlu and Diag- Diagne in the championship. And then, what do they need? Centre-backs and a goalkeeper, they could, probably? If they'll need, they'll probably need...
0: Yeah, they'll probably need to replace Sam Johnston. They'll definitely need a couple of centre-backs. And they'll need at least one more in midfield because they'll lose Gallagher and Maitland-Niles yeah, as well. Course, yeah, yeah. So but m- maybe Gallagher is, is retainable on loan. No. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Maitland-Niles won't be. He'll be a Premier League player. Um, they do need... So you, you'd be talking about paying for Dianya and Yakuza. That's probably $25 million. <sighs> plus two centre-backs, plus another midfield. I mean, you could work the loan market, but...
1: You could probably get, if you are to sell Pereira, which you'd need to replace, obviously, but you'd probably get 30 mil for him.
0: I think he's. I, I think he'll be staying in the Premier League. I I don't mm-hmm. see that he'd go... Now, the way they could keep him is just do what Norwich did with uh, Buendia. And 60 Cantwell. mil. <laughs> yeah, literally. Just demand a stupid fee for him and say, look, Stay with us if we don't come back up, we'll sell you for fifteen million if we If we don't come back up, we'll sell you next summer for fifteen million, but stay with us, help us get back up and rebuild and he might because he seems very happy there, yeah like Pereira does seem very, very happy there, and you could do the same with Johnston. you could say to him, "Look, you know the offers you're getting are they any better than us I mean. Are you going to go and be first choice? What like, Premier if he League goes team to United, a... going to be a sub.
1: Yeah, I mean, what Premier League team needs a starter is going to target Sam Johnson.
0: That's the thing. See, I don't see many. Mm. Maybe one of the newly promoted teams. I mean, Norwich. Tim croll's two hundred years old. Uh, Watford. Maybe Ben Foster's four hundred years old.
1: That's true. Who else is coming up? I don't know the goalkeepers of the. I don't know anything about. But
0: have do... Begovic. Um, they've traveled Bro- as well. Brentford's goalkeeper's not very good.
1: I don't know anything about Barnsley. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, not really either. And then who's at Swansea, isn't it?
1: And they've got Woodman on loan, haven't
0: they? He's a good goalkeeper. Now now, if, if Sam Johnston leaves, that's who West Brom should go and buy. Freddie mm. Woodman. He is a very good goalkeeper. Well even if and, not,
1: get, or, well, the get, yeah, get Carl
0: Darlow or Or get Carl Darlow in. Newcastle might even loan him. So there will be options. There'll definitely be options. But well, I don't know, but I don't know whether I keep Sam or not. It just depends on what direction they want to go in. Mm. As for for the other team involved in this game, they absolutely need to change managers because that fella's yeah. so far out of his depth. It's it's actually it it's was, unfair on him at this point. It was
1: embarrassing last night. Like it was all this um, cringe you watching the lack of attempts in that game.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. Like there was just no, there was no get up and go to them at all. Um. It's not Grass Ivanovic, and Maitland Niles out. Arsenal are missing Louise and Granit Xhaka. Oh no. I think I think you'd have to fancy Arsenal to win the game. Smith rowe Saka, Martinelli, Odegaard, Aba they've just got a lot in attack. Nicholas Pepe. They've got a lot of options in attack. And West Brom are just dreadful defense defensively. Mm-hmm. Like, even in this decent run, they still conceded two to Villa, three to Leicester, two to Chelsea. Like, they still do leak goals. Um, it's been improved, but they're still not good defensively. 65 goals conceded across the season. It That's just shocking. Arsenal have nothing to play for, really. I mean, they could maybe catch Everton if Everton have a bad end to the season. But that's about the height of it, so they will get they get eighth, Woo. which is where they finished last year. So, I you don't know, get I,
1: how you've got all these players and took them down two positions.
0: I know. I genuinely don't understand what our t- Like, I, I said this to you before, I don't understand why there's lads out on loan who are better than the lads you're playing. Mm. Like, Saliba is better than Rob Holding, he just is. Gwendozi is better than Danny Ceballos. Torreira is better than Granit Xhaka. Maitland-Niles is better, in my view, than what we're seeing from Hector Bellerin. Joe Willock could help. He, I don't think he's better than any of your starters.
1: Maitland-Niles is better than the midfielders as well. Yeah, but... he is. Yeah. Oh, definitely.
0: And especially when, like, you've had... Thomas Partey's had injury problems. Mm. Maitland-Niles would have been ideal to keep around. I don't understand what Arteta is doing. I really think he... I don't think there's a manager in England using their squad worse than him, using the players owned by the club worse than him. Scott Parker, maybe. (laughs) Yeah, but like even with him, he's still playing against his best players. Do you know? He's just not a good manager. Hmm. I think Arteta has some managerial talent. It's just that Hmm. he seems to hold grudges against players for really weird reasons. Well, Saliba
1: was pretty much one train session and he was.
0: And, and out the door. Yeah. Out, like, was left out of the Premier League squad after one training session. Yeah. Just bizarre management. Bizarre management from Arteta. But I do think they'll win this game. No. I do think we'll see Arsenal win this game. And I think that'll be goodbye, West Brom. Um, I'll go 3-1
1: Arsenal. Yeah, I can certainly They'll say score it.
0: goals when they don't matter. That is basically yeah. Arsenal under Arteta. I no pressure. They'll score goals. Remember at the end of last season, no pressure on them. Everyone expected them to lose games to certain teams like Liverpool. The they went out and they played good football and won games. Now Liverpool gifted them the goals. <laughs> but, you know That's the kind of way they play. When they're not expected yeah. to do anything, they, they turn up. When they've got pressure like last night, they just fold into a little box.
1: Yeah, it's a good point. It's a good point. Um, we'll move on to the last game then. This is Monday, so Monday night football. Fulham Burnley. Again, similar situation to West Brom. Fulham need to win. Burnley, are Burnley safe? They must be safe.
0: They're pretty much safe. They're nine points clear of, um, of Fulham. So One a Burnley point. win keeps them safe. A Fulham win makes it interesting, though. Mm. Because, you know, Newcastle, we don't know how they'll do this weekend against Leicester. Um, that's a difficult game for them. If, if Newcastle lose and Fulham win, then it's six points with three games to go. And there's that Newcastle-Fulham game on the final day of the season. Now, Fulham's last three games after this one are Southampton away. That's a winnable game. But then United away. That's a very difficult game. But if they win this one and they go and beat Southampton, at least they give themselves a chance. Mm. And if Newcastle fluff their lines... And if Newcastle were to lose their remaining game, so they could well lose, to, like they're probably favoured to lose to Leicester. Mm-hmm. You'd expect them to lose to Man City. If they were to fluff their lines against Sheffield United... We just saw Brighton
1: literally do that two games ago. That's the thing, you know? We
0: Then we go into the final day of the season with Newcastle three points clear. So say, say Fulham win their next two, Newcastle lose their next three. Fulham lose to United, we go into that final day of the season, Fulham are three points behind United, up behind Newcastle. The goal difference will be in Fulham's favour at that point. It's level at the moment, but with those results it will be in Fulham's favour. Then it's that is that's the Premier League's dream scenario. Is that we go into the last day of the season with with that game really mattering? Because they want games to matter on the final day, they want drama. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, who cares? Um, Well, Burnley aren't
1: safe as well. I mean, if they lose to Fulham, they're obviously 36 points still in Fulham, 30. Mm. Then the Leeds uh, at home. Then Liverpool at Turf Moor. And And then then Sheffield
0: United. Sheffield United.
1: Yeah. So, like, that's the thing. Burnley can get dragged back
0: into the the mess as well. Uh, Burnley have a slightly better goal difference. Four goals better off. So that could come a factor. But Burnley, no. Get a draw, and it's pretty much done. Mm-hmm. You're pretty much safe. I because think... they will go to Sheffield. They'll just go, right, Leeds, whatever, Liverpool, whatever. Sheffield United, last day of the season, we need one point.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You watch the buses roll in. <laughs> Dyche is picking a team
1: of centre-halves. I think the difference between Burnley and these other teams is probably Chris Wood. Yeah, a
0: legitimate number nine who's reliable and can lead the line.
1: If you put Chris Wood in Fulham's team or Brighton's team, Brighton would be mid-table, Fulham would be safe. 100%. I mean, Burnley have other strikers, but yeah.
0: You look at Burnley, right? You've got Nick Pope's a good goalkeeper. Yeah. Tarkovsky's a good centre-back. Ben Mee's a decent centre-back, but it's a good pairing. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: You've got Westwood and Cork, individually just okay, but they're a good pairing. Mm -hmm. And you've got Chris Wood at the top of the field. Mm -hmm. right? So that spine is very, very strong. You look at Newcastle. Dubrovka's a good goalkeeper. Lachelle's is a good centre-back, but they don't really have a partner for him who works
1: consistently well.
0: And then they're always injured. In midfield, it's mix and match again. Isaac Hayden's their best centre midfielder. They don't have an ideal partner for him. Mm -hmm. And he's injured. So you're likely going to see Shelby and Longstaff. Longstaff, And they're very similar players. And then they've got Wilson up front, but Wilson's always injured. Fulham, Ariola in goal, that's fine, but he's on loan. So, you know, he doesn't really care either way if they Mm -hmm. go down. Uh, Anderson and Tosin, I like both I think Anderson's been really good this year I assume he will get a Premier League move Even if they go down, I think he could go to Spurs Or somebody, but again, he's on loan You've got Zambo in midfield You've got Lamina, but he keeps playing Harrison Reed and leaving Zambo on the bench
1: Very strange
0: And that, that Harrison Reed lamina Pairing does not work It's mm. just not a good fit for whatever reason Zambo plus either is fine Is, is good but they've got nobody at the top of the field who scores goals regularly. Magic came in, looked like he'd score, and then got left out. Mitrovic hasn't has, hasn't really played well all season. So Fulham, or Burnley rather, have the most consistent spine. They've also got by far the best manager. Yeah, easily, yeah. They've also got by far the best off-field situation. Now, I know they were sold this season. But they've got a good structure in place, and they're a very stable club. Newcastle have a bad owner. There's a lot of shady stuff goes on. Nobody can really tell you who does what at the club. Fulham, they have okay owners, but they're absentee owners. Mm -hmm. They're in Jacksonville. They're busy with the Jaguars. They've just got the number one pick in the NFL draft. That's their focus. They've got AEW um, as well, so they're running that. They've got that massive big business that they run.
1: Like, I think they're good owners, but they're just—they're uh, just not here. Fingers in too many pies, isn't there? And really? there's
0: nobody on the ground mm. making day-to-day decisions. Tony Khan is the general manager. Chap hasn't been seen in England in over a year. So now I know the pandemic's been going on, but he could have could have flown in if he needed to. Um, because they've put a lot of money in and they've backed and they've every manager, in, but and they're they're, just... up, they're upgrading the stadium. Mm. You know, so they 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 do care. These are they do care about the just club.
1: I do operations. genuinely
0: think that they want to have real success there.
1: Mm.
0: I just don't think they know how to, and they haven't appointed people who do. Like, they haven't appointed a proper director of football. There's no proper recruitment structure. You've got a bad manager. F- F- Fulham have issues. Now they could be solved quite easily. But the the owners are absentee. So you look at Burnley, just stability on and off the field, the best manager of of that group, the best spine, the most consistent spine of the group. That's why they'll stay up and one of the other two will go down. It will likely be Fulham. And in this game, we're going to see a Fulham team that will be without Ruben Loftus-Cheek, who, to be fair, now he's back, actually, isn't he? Loftus-Cheek is back.
1: I don't know. He's been bad uh, when he Terrence first played.
0: Tom, <laughs> out, Tom Kearney's out. So they, they should be at full strength. They should be at full strength. Burnley. Chris Wood should be back. Uh, he had a bit of a thigh issue, but he's, he seems to be okay. Dale Stevens is a doubt. Robbie Brady's out. He is a loss because he's got good delivery. He's a good option off the bench. Kevin Long, he he's a squad centre-back. He's, he's all right, but he, you don't really want him playing too regularly. Both teams will pretty much be at full strength. They're fairly evenly matched overall, 1-11. Fulham have more talent. Burnley have more continuity, a better understanding of each other, and a better system because Burnley have a much better manager. And I think this game will come down to the manager. And I think Dyche will absolutely eat Scotty two coats up. I'm going to say Burnley win this game 2-1. Burnley safe. Bye-bye, Fulham.
1: And that's the end of the show, Dave, and probably the end of most things in the Premier League apart from the top four race, if that happens.
0: <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. Right, that is that then. We will leave it there. Uh, Ten games. Should be, should be a decent weekend's worth of football. I think the game tonight will be decent. But Leeds-Tottenham will be a good game. City-Chelsea will be a good game. Wolves-Brighton might be a decent game, but Villa-United will be good. West Ham-Everton will be good. I think it's not bad. And then, you know, we've got two games Tuesday, um, Southampton, Crystal Palace, United, Leicester, Chelsea, Arsenal is Wednesday. You've got Villa, Everton, they only played last week. They're playing again on Thursday. You've got Liverpool United on Thursday. You've got a game Friday. You've got loads of games Saturday, Sunday. There's no games on the Monday, but then there's a full run between Tuesday and Wednesday. Um, and that, that, basically takes us through week 37 so there's games pretty much every day except monday week um which is fun you know it is fun i i think it's good to have games gives you something to do you know you don't have to watch them just remember that you don't have to watch the games just because they're on doesn't mean you're obliged to watch them sky won't know They won't know. They won't take away your your service if you don't watch the game. Uh, We'll leave it there. Thank you, as always, to Guy Drinkle. Thank you to Foxon for our title music. And thank you to to you for listening. We will see you Monday. Bye-bye. Podcast Network.